I think God wants us to be full of courage, confidence. There's a new cool shirt out that says Godfidence. I just think it's sick. Because you don't want to be cocky and prideful and arrogant, but there is a wonderful confidence that God wants us to carry because of he who lives inside of us. So it's a wonderful thing. And I want to talk to you about encourage to courage. I want to talk to you about encourage, encouraging one another, most of all, encouraging yourself today. Pray as we dive into the word this morning. Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you for the wonderful testimony and Father, what you're doing, what a testimony of already the 200 bags given out before even this service. Lord, you're doing something so beautiful, so wonderful. I thank you for an awesome church. It's your church. You're building it, and the gates of will not prevail. I pray for those who are new today that you would bless them. Those who are kind of like, you know, I'm not used to this type of culture. Father, that you would speak to them. Father, those who are on the kind of the fence of believing, God, that they would just, come on, jump right on the over. Holy Spirit, have your way in here right now. I pray for your supernatural anointing upon this word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, how, how many of you know we all face challenges in life? If you've ever faced a challenge, would you raise your hand? And everybody else is lying, Right? We all face challenges, right? I'm, I'm, I'm teasing. You, you know we all face challenges, sometimes big, sometimes little. You know, I had a funny little challenge on Friday. I told Ray, uh, Jamie that, uh, hey, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go to Lone Wolf Harley Davis and do a little ride. And Daddy broke his glasses like Monday night in worship. How do you break your sunglasses in worship? Well, it happened. And so I need to get some new glasses. And, and uh, it was 5.40 on Friday and and. All of a sudden, it started getting dark. And I call her, I said, gee, look outside, it's dark, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Would you like to still go on the motorcycle? And she thought, oh, dad, if it's pouring, you know, is there a different direction to get to Post Falls? And I go, no, we got to hit the interstate. And she said, well, kind of, we both agreed, let's go for it. So get on the motorcycle, Not two little raindrops, not bad. Hit Northwest Boulevard, ah, a few more, hit the interstate, and open heavens. <laughs> Just rain. She hears it going on in the Boys and Girls Club, the metal roof, and it's rain. I get there. I can hide behind certain things. On You know what I'm saying? I'm bare. I'm, but I can't hide from here down. And they're just so, you know what I'm saying? The, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Amen? I mean, <laughs> we're going to have challenges in life. I just said in my mind, I just said, hey, we're making memories today. Making memories. Went to Lone Wolf and had a really good time and, and barbecued. And I just want to let you know. The devil comes to discourage people. He wants to discourage. He wants you to live a life of discouragement. The devil wants to discourage you. And I, I got to ask you why. Why does the devil want to discourage you in your marriage? Maybe in your new job? 
Maybe in your schooling or your education or right there at the point of a degree or in a relationship. Why does the enemy want to discourage? Why does he come and whisper in our ears and we lose perspective and we lose our courage and, and, and he uses others to accuse us and we think people are mistreating us and it's, at times we can get extremely discouraged. Why does the, the devil want to discourage you? I can tell you why. Because he wants you to quit. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to say, I'm done. I'm done with this wife. I'm done with this husband. I'm done with this job. I'm done with this education. I'm done with this degree. I am, I'm, I'm Popeye the sailor man. I've had alls I can stands and I can't stands no more. I am done. And you ain't got no spinach. <laughs> done. He throws health problems at us. Uh, wealth problems. All kinds of things to discourage you. Have you ever been discouraged before? How many have been discouraged before? When I was in Little League, I was a catcher. I was a catcher because I was so fast. That's a joke. Catchers are catchers because they ain't fast, usually. Not always. And one day, this guy was coming into home. I played for city tire service, I think, at the time. And we're Every game was a rival for us, you know what I'm saying? This guy's coming in home. Man, I got the ball in my hand, not my glove, and I'm running at him, and I swing, and I hit him right on the back. The hump goes, sink! I mean, you lost your mind? I just Then, this is where I got discouraged. See, my coach, the, 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 the bench was over there. My coach was blocked from the tag, and he supported the ump. Man, I went like Little League Postal. I got way discouraged. You know what I did? I did exactly what you young people should never do. I ripped my jersey off. And when I quit, I quit. That, that's what you should never do. You, 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 you hear me? Don't, don't never do that. I, rip, I repented. I, I, got, I came back to my senses later on and got back on the team. Maybe that week or it was. But I want to let you know... The enemy wants to discourage you, to, to get you to quit, to get you to say, I'm done. Even at times, people say, man, I'm just done with life. I'm checking out. There's something about finishing, something beautiful about finishing. Jesus finished. You know, when you say, hey, man, I finished that job. I finished my education. I finished the degree. I finished the marriage. Uh, I mean, let me, let me get that right. <laughs> Not that finished, but this finish. You like died and finished. Eh? You know what I'm saying? You finished. There's something about finishing. Anybody ever uh, ran the Iron Man before? You've been in the Iron Man? Raise your hand. Anybody in here? God bless you. Anybody else? There was a guy here last night, Steve Burkhart, that uh, Radian and I, typically we volunteer. This year we volunteered at the uh, Ironman. And I tell you what, I thought I was like in Arizona or something. 
How many of you remember how hot it was at Ironman this year? Like 104 degrees. I wanted to quit, and all I was doing was handing out fruit and drinks and stuff. Wow! And a lot of people, they had to stop. It wasn't because they were quitters. They got dehydrated. and they had. But there's a guy in the church named Scott Burkhart. That guy, he just kept going. I think he walked the entire marathon and he finished. Somebody say finish. There's something wonderful about finishing. The devil doesn't want you to finish things in life because when you finish, it encourages you. It put courages, it puts courage in your heart and keeps you going. He wants you to stop. He wants you to quit. He wants you to throw in the towel. So what does he do? He discourages us. When we get discouraged, man, I tell you what, you can get extremely disillusioned when you get discouraged. You can get, lose your, 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 your courage, get confused. Sometimes we get disillusioned in life, and a lot of times it's easy to connect your feelings with thinking that that's how God feels about you. You don't feel lovey, loving, so you don't think he loves you. You get disillusioned, you're like... Man, God's disillusioned in me. He ain't disillusioned in you. You know why? Because God's never had an illusion about you. He knows you're a dirt bag. Right? Oh, you get mad at me. Let me explain that to you. You were dirt. He put his spirit in you. And you became a living being. That's where I get dirt back. You, you with me on that? So don't get all offended at me. He knows that you're clay. He knows that we sin. We fall short. He's never had an illusion about you. That's why he never gets disillusioned about you. But the devil wants to discourage you. To get you to quit. Could be the young man, young woman who just began their faith in Christ and they get discouraged. They're like, hey, I just ain't going to believe. Could be a diet. Man, this thing ain't working for me. I'm just going to quit. He wants to discourage you. He is a master of a few things, bondage, but one of them is discouragement. I want to talk to you about that today. Jesus finished what he came for. The Bible says in John 17, 4, code red, I have glorified you on earth. This is Jesus talking to God. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Jesus finished. Whenever he was on the cross, I preached that at Easter. It is finished. Jesus finished his race. There's an old man in the Bible. You know him as Paul. Now he's old. Now he's probably getting close to going on to be with Jesus. And he's, he talks to one of his young bucks, his young son in the Lord, Timothy. And he says this right here. He says, 2 Timothy 4, 7, he says, I have fought. Somebody say fight with me. I want to let you know you need to fight in life. You got to have a fight in you. Anything that you do in life, you're going to have to fight for it. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love you, but there was a fight. Paul himself, who walked with Christ, wrote about half the New Testament. He says, I have fought. Christianity is not some type of, you know, tapping out sport. You're going to have to fight. He says, I have fought. He fought. I tell you what, you need to fight. Jude 1.3 says this. Jude said this about fighting. He says, beloved... While I was very diligent to write to you concerning common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend. Will you say that with me, contend? Contend. 
to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. That contending is kind of like fighting. It's a struggle. Have any of you figured out that there's a struggle in life? Sometimes you got to struggle. you got to fight. Paul says, I fight. And he wasn't fighting just any fight. He was fighting, the Bible says, a good fight. Will you say that with me? Fight the good fight. All together. Let's go to church. Yeah, I have fought. Anybody ever fought stupid fights? Anybody been in a wrong fight? You know, the night before I got saved, I was bouncing in a bar. I bounced in two bars in the town that I went. And I fought some stupid fights, man. Crazy fights. Me and my wife, been married for almost 26 years. We have fought some crazy fights amongst each other, right? Stupid fights. Now you get old and older. She's not old. I'm older. She gets prettier every day. I got a beautiful wife, but we've learned not to fight those dumb fights. Right? Is that okay to say? You need to fight the good fight. There's a good fight for you to fight. A good fight for your marriage. A good fight for integrity. And a good fight for your name. And a good fight for your children. And a good fight for your health. And a good, man, there's a good fight for you to fight. Everyone say a good fight. I like a good fight. Not no stupid fights. A good fight. And then he says, I have finished the race. Everyone in this room, listen to me real good. You should ne- the, one of the worst things you can do is compare your life with someone else. You have a race. You have a particular race. Jesus had a race. Paul had a race. They finished their race. TDJ said, you got to run your race. See, I, for years, Radian and I were youth pastors, and, you know, uh, I've spoken at many, many, many youth camps, and I'd go in and share my war stories, testimony, death, resurrection power, heal, all the things that I'd lived through, and young people would come to my wife and they'd go, man, I want to preach. I want to preach. She's like, wait a minute. Do you want to go through what he's been through? Just saying. That doesn't mean that you have to go through hell to preach. I'm just saying that you don't want to run my race. I don't want to run your race. You have to run your own race. And I have to run my race. And in the midst of running that race, you have to fight a good fight. Run the race. Come on. Fight the good fight of what? Faith. And while you're fighting, and while you're running, I want to let you know the devil will do anything to discourage you, to get you to quit. I come to cheer you on today. Why does he do that? How does he do it? I think he attacks our heart. Think about it when you get discouraged. How's it? What's it? It impacts our heart. The devil is after your heart. How's a man born again? If you're not born again today, how do you you become born again? Saved, completely transformed. You believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. The devil wants your heart. He goes after your heart so that you'll quit. You'll quit everything in life. Listen to what uh, Jesus says, uh, John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. Let not your heart 
be troubled. Discouragement comes to trouble your heart. Just a few verses later on verse 27, he says this, Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, as not, as, not as the world gives you do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The enemy wants to trouble your heart, to discourage your heart, to bring disillusionment to your heart. All hell, listen to me, all hell is to get you to quit. Throw in the towel. One of my good friends, Pastor Frank DiMazio, he, he said this. This is a quote from him. Courage and encourage are two words from the same origin, heart. To encourage is to give heart, to inspire with words that lift the heart, fill the heart, deepen the heart. Courage is from the Latin word, and I'm just going to do my best here, correctum. And the root of that is core. core. You know what core means? C-O-R, Latin. What's core mean? Everyone say heart. We live where? Where? Core delay. Heart of the all. We live heart. Encourage and courage comes from the root word core, heart. The enemy wants your heart. God wants you to protect your heart. He wants to encourage your heart, deepen your heart, fill your heart. Courage comes from that. To encourage is an action that comes from the heart and goes into the heart of those you speak to. I hope to encourage your heart today. I hope to really encourage your heart. Somebody's in here discouraged. God wants, and he wants to teach you how to encourage your own heart. He goes on to say, to encourage is an action that comes from the heart, that goes into the heart of those who speak to the heart. To encourage is to speak from the heart in such a way that the receiver knows it's a special moment. I'm not talking about here shallow cheerleading or surface words that are not from the heart. I wanted to share four points today of encouraging under courage. One or two. Everyone say one or two. That was my desire, but I'm only going to get to one. Okay? I'm going to get to one. Figured that out last night. Figured it out when I spoke. Figured it out after the sermon is the day that I actually get to one. I want to encourage you with one point of how to encourage your heart to courage. You might be young. You're like, oh, J.O. I want to let you know, even if you're a young person, you can walk away with something today of how to encourage your heart to courage. God wants us. I love this song. You make me brave. You make me. How many like that song? You make me brave. Who makes me brave? Jesus makes me brave. He wants to put courage in your heart today. Sometimes we need to lift up our own heart, fill our own heart, deepen our own heart. The story comes out of a city of David called Ziglag. Ziglag, if I understand it correctly in history, Ziglag was given to David. And David was a warrior. David had been out fighting. All of his guys had been out warring. And now they're on their way home. Now they're coming back to the city of David, the city of Ziglag. And they're ready for some R&R, man. They, I mean, I can imagine they've been traveling a long time, been fighting, hanging out with nothing but guys. They're ready to get back home, hang out with wife and children, eat some good vittles, you know what I'm saying? And they get there, and 
I'm going to tell you right now, this is a very discouraging story. I don't think anybody in this room probably has ever been through something this discouraging, or I hope that you never go through something as discouraging that David is about to go through. He's been out fighting, he's been out war, now he's coming back to Ziglag. He shows up with all of his guys, 600 men that's been fighting, shows up into town, and the Amicalites had come into their village and stolen every wife and every child they get back to that town and you would think it'd be full of joy and full of excitement we're gonna party we're gonna party like in 1999 you know what i'm saying celebrate we're gonna celebrate man we've been out fighting and quiet let me show you the impact it had upon them if you look at verse six it says this now David was greatly distressed. David was greatly distressed. That means to be made narrow figuratively, to be distressed, to be straight, to be vexed. Have you ever been vexed before? Have you ever been stressed? Have you ever, ever been distressed before? Have you ever been so narrowed before? So squeezed. He's been so squeezed. He is totally distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. So all your basketball friends, all the football team, everybody that's been hanging out with you, going to games, but in this case, war, all of David's partners now are turning on him and they want to stone him. David's all by himself as a leader. He's distressed. Why were they speaking to stoning David? Look what it says. Because the soul of the people was grieved. Say that word with me, grieved. Grieved is a very, very, very strong emotion. Bitter, somewhat upset, enraged. I, I've, been, I, I, I've been grieved before. When my sister got killed, I was grieved. Worse than when my mom and dad got killed. I was grieved. I was mad, bitter, jacked up, grieved. The men were grieved. David was distressed. How many of you want to be in that camp? The leader's all stressed out. Everyone's grieved, and they're about ready to stone the leader. I mean, this is a jacked-up camp. Why were they grieved? Why were they distressed? Because of this. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But look at this next statement in the same verse. Some of you need to hear this today. You may be like, I, Jay, I've never been through the, nothing like this. You might one day go through something that you need this. Look what it says. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David strengthened himself in the Lord. King James says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You know, David could have went into depression right there. Nobody would have held anything 
against him. He could have went into the darkest, deepest hole. I mean, his wife, his kids, all the whole camp. I mean, they've been warring. They're stressed out. They're bummed out. They're tired. He could have went into the deepest. He could have went into anxiety and panic and fear. He could have been like hee-haw. Doom, despair, agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it was not for bad luck, I've had no luck at all. Doom, despair, agony. How many of you remember hee-haw? I guess you got to be over 40, 50 years old. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Other, everyone else is like, that brother crazy, cray-cray. He could have did that. See, David couldn't look to his men. David couldn't look to his wife. David look, couldn't look to his kids. But David chose to do this. David chose to strengthen himself in the Lord as God. What's that strength? It means it means to fasten upon. Sometimes you just got to fasten yourself upon the Holy Spirit. You got to grab a hold of God, and that you got to seize God and be encouraged. Let me just tell you, everybody around is not going to be able to do that. There's people here that's going to be able to encourage themselves in the Lord. I hope to train you to do that, but everyone doesn't get that, and some of his guys didn't either. Look at this. Look at verse ten. But David pursued, he and 400 men. Thought he had 600 men. He did. But look what took place. For 200 stayed behind, so, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook of Bazaar. Listen, some people, they don't know how to encourage themselves. My job as a pastor is I hope today, because some of you are going to go through tough times in life, that you would be able to get a hold of how to strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. A third of them had to stay behind. There is a way to encourage yourself in life so that you don't get left behind. Here's a secret. We try to encourage ourselves with everyone else on the outside. Oh, I got to look to Roger to encourage me. I got to look to Jordan back there to encourage me. Craig, will you encourage me? Ray Dean, would you encourage Seth, I need you to encourage me. Michael, would you encourage me? We look to the outside to encourage us. And there's times where your boss can't encourage you. Your mama can't encourage you. Your wife can't encourage you. There's the only one that can encourage you is the one that lives on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit. And we look everywhere. Except to him, the most powerful source in the universe, the Holy Spirit that you happen to be the temple that lives inside of you. Listen to the scripture, 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God, listen to me, listen to me good today. I hope you learn that God wants you to look to him instead of every self-help book, every person, every YouTube, that you would look to him, the Holy Spirit, that dwells inside of you. Do you know how to encourage yourself? 
Oh, he loves me. I know he loves me. I'm the best thing since sliced bread. I know he loves me. Oh, how he loves me so. Oh, he called me. He elected me. He selected me. I know that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He redeemed me. He bought me for a full price. Oh, I know he loves me. See, I know how to encourage myself and the Lord to encourage yourself with the truths of God's word. And knowing who you are in Christ. You need to know how to encourage yourself. I want to show you today how David did it. How did David, under the worst condition, I'm not talking about losing a game. I'm not talking about losing a job. I'm talking about losing your family and every wife and child in your camp. Kidnap! And he knew how to encourage himself in the Lord. What's the first thing that David did? Number one, who said that? Good. He said he prayed. He inquired of the Lord. Number one, he inquired. If you're not taking notes, I hope you write it on the tablet of your heart. Because some of you all come up to maybe one of us pastors like, oh, you need to, well, wait a minute. We'll do our best. But sometimes you got to go to the source. You got to go to the source you got to go to the source. Look here. Look what the Bible says, 1 Samuel 3, 8. First thing he did, I could just see David like, hey, man, these, these cats want to stone me. And I, we're not talking about smoking no, no joint. We ain't talking about, he, they want to stone me. We're real. He goes, I'm going to just get away from them. I'm going to come over here by the brook. I'm going to get over here by myself. And the first thing that David did was he inquired of the Lord. Look, look, look. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop, shall I overtake them? He's asking God what to do. And he answered and said, pursue, you shall surely overtake them. And look what God says, and you'll recover all. He got a great, prophetic, amazing, encouraging word from God. We like to ask everybody around, but Jesus says, why don't you ask me? You know, God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak through you. And all of a sudden, he gets this word. Look at, look, look at those three things right there. Man, God, he began to pray. And God began to speak and encourage it. Elijah, Elijah, the man of God, got so discouraged one day. Elijah, we're talking about the man. We used to say that all the time. You the man. Well, Elijah was the man. He prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. That's the man. Then he prays again, and it rains. That's the man right there. That brother had some faith. And after all that, he had a one-on-one -on -one situation, but it was one on like 390 or something. False prophets. Elijah calls fire down from heaven, licks up all the sacrifice, all the water. He slays all these false prophets. And this man of God gets one little scary letter from a scary lady. One, one scary lady named Jezebel sends a message to Elijah. It spun him out. He runs for his life. He just takes off running, hides under a tree, totally hopeless, completely disillusioned, and suicidal. The man of God is suicidal. You find a brother up in a cave. God begins to speak to him. 
not through the fire and the earthquake and all the wind, through a still small voice. And he gave him his marching orders. I want you to anoint Elijah. I want you to anoint Hazel. I want you to anoint Jehu. And all of a sudden, he got his hope back. You got to inquire of the Lord. David inquired of the Lord, and God told him these three things. Look what he said. He said, pursue. Everyone say pursue. pursue. Don't shrink back. The attack of the enemy, those fiery darts come. You want to shrink back. No, no, no. You pursue. Do not, listen to me, do not magnify the devil. Don't let him, mag don't let the devil be magnified whenever you're under attack. What, how would you magnify the devil? Oh, fear. Oh, intimidation. Oh, I can't do this. I'm just going to back out. No, you pursue. Say that with me again, pursue. Tell your neighbor right now, pursue. You, you pursue. Do think back. Move for, go for, if God be for you, who can be against you? God plus you, Brian, is the majority. If you got God on your side, <laughs> pursue. Number two, look what he says. Overtake. Overtake. You know, with the new covenant, this is how we do with evil. The Bible says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You overtake evil by doing good of your enemy. <laughs> huh? The kingdom of God is upside down. The world would say, blow their head off, take them out. God says, no, 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 no. You love them. You bless them. You go two miles with them. Give them both coats. Come on, love your neighbor as yourself, love your enemy. Come on, upside down. Number three, this is, a, this is a word for somebody in here. You're about to recover all. Not, not one wife, not, not wild, not one hair on their head was going to be lost. God says, hey, you pursue, you overtake, and you're going to recover all. God's a God of restoration. Somebody in here needs to hear that today. Maybe it's under a physical affliction I want to let you know, maybe you're going through a family situation. The Lord says to you today, you're going to recover all. Who, are we, who just believe? Now, that, that ain't going to do no good if you don't believe it. But if you believe the word of the Lord, you own that. And you can receive it and see it manifested in your life. And not just inquiring of the Lord. I could see David sneaking over there in the shadow place and David just did what David did I could just see David says you know what I think I'm gonna do right now I think I'm gonna just sing he knew how to encourage himself in the Lord with worship and with praise maybe maybe just maybe he wrote Psalms 27 I have no maybe he wrote Psalms 34 during this time Psalm 27, they think either it was by David when he was really old or really young and he was going through it. Just, just listen to the words of what David may have been singing over there by the brook. Listen to this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army... May it camp against me, my heart shall not fear. 
Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident of one thing I have desired of the Lord, that I may seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and look, 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 and to inquire, to inquire, say that with me, inquire, to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, look, 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 this is from somebody, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he will, shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above all my enemies all around. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in the tabernacle. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. I can just hear David. He inquires of the Lord, and then he just breaks out in worship. Oh! Just singing unto God. And what's it do? It puts courage in him. He's encouraging himself in the Lord. Paul and Silas on the way to a prayer meeting. A girl gets behind them, a little demon-possessed girl. She knew what to say, but she said it in a jacked-up way. These are men of the Most High God. These are men of the Most High God. These are men. Paul's like, man, she's bugging them. <laughs> Come out of her. She gets delivered. The bosses that made money off of her didn't like that. They take Paul and Silas. They beat the snot out of them, whatever that looks like. And then they throw him in the inner prison. Oh, Paul and Silas could have got depressed. They could have said, well, all we did was deliver out of David. God, God, why are you forsaking me? God, you don't love me anymore. God. No, you know what they did? Paul, Silas, they broke out in praise and worship. Woo, this is a day. This is a day that the Lord had made. I was glad when they, they began to inquire of the Lord and sing out. And then God comes by his Holy Spirit, opens up all the prison door. Every one of the prisoners was set free. Not just Paul and Silas. Every prisoner was set free. Why? Because they knew how to encourage themselves in the Lord. They inquired and they prayed. Number two, I'm almost done. you got to catch these three last ones. you you got to feel me on this. Number two, how else do you encourage yourself in the Lord? You pray in the Spirit. Let me spell that out real good, clear English language. For those that may not believe, you pray in the Spirit the spirit is that clear is the bible all over new testament look what the bible says romans 8 26 likewise the spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray as for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered you pray in the holy spirit listen to what 
It says, listen to what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14, 4. This is the message. Listen up real close. Don't, don't, don't lose me on this. Listen. For the one who prays, use, and I like this in the message. It kind of shares it real clean. The one who prays using a private prayer language certainly gets a lot out of it. The Bible says in the New King James, it talks about it edifies and builds himself up. If you don't know what that is, let me just tell you what I, I don't have time to preach the whole doctrine of the Holy Spirit when he was poured out and you being baptized in the Holy Spirit and you having a prayer language. But is it Bible? Absolutely. Let me get on my soapbox for a minute. Let me, can I get up on my soapbox? People who say that the Holy Spirit and the gifts stopped after a hundred years after Jesus died. Baloney. That's the best word I can figure out right now. Could say a lot of other things probably. Baloney. B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Baloney. I've seen God use, listen, words of knowledge and prophecy and words of wisdom and the gifts of the Holy Spirit show me in the Bible anywhere where it stopped after some time. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and for how many of you ever went to your car in the winter and you left your lights on, you get in the car and it's like, wow, 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 wow. Who's done that before? Or you get in the car and it goes click, 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 click. How many has done that before? I mean, I hate when that happens. But how many Christians walk around without being charged by the Holy Spirit and your life is like, wow, 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 click, 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 click. Come on. Man, the Holy Spirit wants to put his battery cables on you and empower you with dunamis power. Come on. To be witnesses. Jail, I don't believe that. Too late. It's already happened. He poured out his spirit 2,000 years ago. Man, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't despise prophecy. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. He wants to empower you. Man, do I get excited about that? Yes, because of the, the, the change it's had in my life. I don't know how I would do life without my best friend, the Holy Spirit. Don't know how I would do it. So if, if you question that, read, seek, search let us pray for you read the the new testament all over it acts letters it's there let me move on here because i didn't tick some people off i guess i don't know i don't know three rest wait distract sometimes to encourage yourself it's not always very very super spiritual even though it is spiritual you rest in the lord you wait on the Lord. I tell you, you just sometimes you just got to wait. Get rid of the microwave. Ding! Just wait. You just wait. I will wait upon the Lord, for in his presence is fullness of joy. Just wait. You got to wait sometime. We're just so anxious running. Just wait. And sometimes you do this very spiritual thing, just distract yourself. What do you mean distract? Sometimes you're going through something, you just need to distract yourself. For me, I might get on my Harley. 
I like to go to the gym. I see some brothers over there. I see a brother in the gym. I see all the time. I like to go there just to distract myself. Sometimes you just got to, it's amazing when you'll distract yourself of how it can encourage you back to courage. It might be a hike for you or going hunting. It might go for a swim. I don't know what distracts you, but in a good distract. Rest, wait, and distract. And my last one is this. Everyone say, man, he preaching long. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I'm teasing. This is for free. You got to talk to yourself. How many of you know how to encourage someone else? Michael, how do you encourage your wife? Words. That's all. That's perfect. So you encourage each other with what? Words. Well, how are you going to encourage yourself? Words. You talk to yourself. I do it all the time. Jo, that looks crazy. No, I think that I'm not crazy because I probably do it. Pray in the Spirit. Pray, talk to myself. I know how to encourage myself in the Lord. Greater is he that is in me, that he that is in the world. Man, I can do all things through Christ. Who's, people say, put a lid on his leadership. I don't believe in no lid because greater is he that is in me. I just encourage, I just talk to myself, usually, just, usually talk to myself scripture. And I think that David did the same thing. David said, bless the Lord. Oh, and all that is. He's talking to himself. <laughs> I think you are to grab a hold of that today. Instead of the enemy just messing with your mind, sometimes you just got to get the words out of your mouth that goes into your ear and down into your heart, and it brings life and encouragement and courage. Just talking to yourself. I want to end up with a kind of a funny song today. Anybody ever heard of Alabama Shakes? Man, last night, it scared me, man. Like five people knew who Alabama Shakes was. I was listening to this song. One, one week, it was the song of the week a couple of years ago. And I just Now, it's a woman that sings it, and she can sing. And I can't sing, but I like to make a joyful noise. It goes something like this. Boom, 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 Bless my heart, bless my soul, didn't think I'd make it to 22 years old. There must be someone up above saying, come on brother, you got to come on up, you got to hold on. Yeah, you gotta hold on. Listen to the last verse here. Mm, Y'all ever heard it? Here we go. So, bless my heart and bless yours too. I don't know where I'm gonna go. Don't know what I'm gonna do. There must be someone 
up above sin. Come on, church. You got to come on up. You keep hold on. I changed the words a little bit. Yeah, you got to hold on. Amen. The devil wants to discourage you. The devil wants to get you to quit. You got to hold on. You got to learn how to encourage yourself to courage. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Will you stand to your feet today? Leaders, if you'll come up, please. We want to pray for some today. Listen to me real good. If you're here today and you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling discouraged. Maybe it's discouraged in this marriage. Maybe you're discouraged in school or with a parent or with a child. There's about a million ways that the devil would want to discourage you all to get you to quit. But I got a group of people up here that wants to pray for you right now. That's wants to join with you in inquiring on the Lord. To give you direction. To put courage back in your heart. If you're here today and you need encouraging and you're discouraged, would you step out right now and just Come on up to the altar. Just move right now, just wherever you are. Just knock people out of the way. Listen to me. Don't never play church. What's playing church? I know that I need to go up there. I've been discouraged for a month or for a week or for a day, but I'm not going to go up there because I don't know what people might think of it. Forget all that noise. Man, get prayer. God's for you. Maybe he wants to speak to you today as you inquire upon him and encourage, put courage back in your heart. If you're discouraged, come on up. If you're about ready to quit, whatever it is, you're about to quit life, sport, marriage, you feel like quitting, come on up. Let, let, let us pray for you right now. I think God wants to just meet with you in a beautiful way. Maybe you're here today and you're discouraged because of a health situation. I want, I, I'm going to have to break this up right here. Kathy, would you come up here with me for a minute? Thank you so much. Listen, sometimes you get discouraged. We heard of a beautiful testimony before in the area of health. The enemy wants to discourage you sometimes in your health. I want Kathy to share just what's been going on in her just for a minute to encourage you. If he's messing with you in your health, I want to let you know that we serve a God who heals just if you'll share. Is that okay? Yeah, is this on? Okay. Yes. 
I could probably spend hours giving a testimony, but I was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer um, at the end of 19, or 2014. And oh, the Lord is so faithful. And I just realized right off, I had nowhere else to go. I mean, really, when you're faced with death, you think, Lord, I have nowhere else to go but you. So I just, I'm either all in or I'm not. I went all in. I thought it was all in before, but when, when you know you're going to see him soon, you go all in. Um, oh, that's good. But I just have one little story because we are the body of Christ. And when the Lord puts something on your heart, you know, you need to dive into the word. You need to cling on to him in every way. And he is faithful. Oh, my gosh, if we look the ways that he is faithful the church in Temecula visiting my daughter, and I won't go through the whole story, but nobody knew me there. And a lady came up to me afterwards. I had excruciating pain in my leg because I had a tumor in my spine that was pressing on my leg. And I thought I had to go home, and the, the enemy was really trying to get me to go home. Didn't want me there with my family, didn't want me praising. And I went back in, and, and later a lady came up to me afterwards and said, I don't she goes, this is so uncomfortable for me. I never, ever do this. She goes, but the Lord placed on my heart to tell you not to be discouraged. Oh. That he was with me every second. He knew exactly what I was going through. And that so encouraged me to know, you know, I did feel all alone at that moment, out in the car, laying down, pain. I thought, what's up, God, that you're not wanting me here to worship with my family and to have words of encouragement like that. So I guess my encouraging word right now is when you feel impressed by God to call somebody, to write somebody, to encourage with a word, do it. Don't let the enemy steal that from you by saying, oh, you're stupid or they're going to think you're stupid or whatever. Do it. Reach, you know, and I, it's so wonderful to encourage people. It's such a, a gift. And then last week when I went to the doctor, uh, he was really perplexed. I had my scans done. Well, I like that word perplexed. He was perplexed. And he said, I walk a very fine line because I know that you're doing a lot of alternative, which I, we pray constantly. God, give me wisdom. Give us wisdom. What to do. What, you know, because he gave us things to heal our immune system. He is the maker of my immune system. He knows how to heal it. So... I pray all the time, and the doctor said, I don't know what's going on with you, but your tumors have shrunk substantially. <laughs> and some are even gone. So I'm just keeping on, keeping on, but I know my eternal home is in heaven. I have complete peace. I never did not have that peace that passes understanding. I don't know where it came from. He made me brave like the song sings. It wasn't me because I'm a big baby. I know that. But just, just, tr just trust. Go all in with everything. Hmm. I think Wonderful. that's it for now. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. What I tell you, she's fighting. She's fighting. A good fight of faith. She's running her race. If you're here today and discouraged in your health, let us pray for you.